This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dr. Drew here, and this is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for entertainment and education. We hope you learn something, but see your doctor, get proper medical care. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. gentlemen boys and girls turn your iphone back on hook it up to bluetooth in the car because we've got another podcast of this life and, and now. that's right that's of course bob forrest uh call us at 323-649-8268 any question you might have most importantly go to doctor.com click through on the hydrolyte banner you get 30 percent off on your purchase and uh, the code drew 18 will gift you that we love this product these these guys the rehydration product uh, then if you also want to get some special prices on our friends at Bergamot, uh, the banner there at Doctor.com will give you a discount when you click through. We're proud to have these products back in with us for 2018. Uh, we're also taking your calls live today for an extra half hour, so call us. The number is on the Facebook Live blurb. Again, it's 323-649-8268. Also, uh, follow at This Life Podcast, um, and we are happy to welcome i'm getting distracted by your wife <laughs> well first of all shelly is with us still hi guys shelly's is still with us and we are all delighted to bring our friend mary ellen cook in here yes. who reminded me that it's been 10 years to the day due since celebrity rehab that started is what i know right <gasps> we're old Wow. Well, <laughs> I'm going on Instagram. Really? Oh, seems like it was just a couple We're years really ago. Old. I'm still feeling the effects of it. I, know, <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was 27 then. Now I'm 37. Well, and you're going to get uh, married. Wow. We'll talk about all this. Yes. But, yes. but I, 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 one of the moments that, Marilyn, you did not see that stuck mm-hmm. out in my mind was when you started, we had to walk down the street a few times. Yes. Poor yes. Shelly. I felt so bad for her. You guys were driving her crazy. Yes, we did. Well, I, I was really well behaved. It was more like Jessica and Seth, I think. And Jeff. And Jeff. Jeff, obviously. Jeff always. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Jeff was um, the toughest behind. Well, I mean, I think the whole environment was a little bit different, something yes. I wasn't really used to. Yes. And so what I had, you know, had to kind of adjust to um, was things that were kind of beyond my control. And, and so I had a bit of trouble adjusting to the whole situation, not because the clients were who they were and what you guys were, you know, up to, but more because <laughs> of the context of what what we're doing it within that construct and so it was tough for my little brain you know to make it make it you know but you make all it all make getting sense kicked out. <laughs> right <laughs> what i think is funny is that when i went to promises malibu the first or second day i was there the girl i was really close with she goes i watched celebrity rehab she goes you know i've been here for a week there's no drama in rehab you guys must have made that all up well then as the weeks progressed the drama there was a lot of drama. <laughs> drama it's like a little high school when you're in rehab it, you know it, yes. it wasn't just Absolutely. celebrity rehab no, all no. rehab 
rehabs, all rehabs are pretty much, I mean, I thought celebrity rehab, now after going to other rehabs, <laughs> um, was actually very accurate portrayal right. of rehab. It That's right. Nothing, I mean, no if doubt. anything, we got better treatment it, on celebrity rehab than a normal rehab because we had a smaller group. Mm-hmm. We got one on one time more with, with you, with Bob. So, I mean, I felt it was actually a better rehab situation. It, it was just what the three rehabs. of us do. I mean, there are the three yeah. of us plus some other people, Sasha and people on the team. Yeah, and I mean, Luisha day in and, and day out, that's what we're doing. And, and, and it was a good you know, it was a good introduction for you because obviously now later you see that you were really getting treatment and, oh, and for you sure. were actually making some progress there, you know? Oh, I think, I mean, I, you know, I hate, I get really upset when people criticize it mm-hmm. and think it was made up for TV or mm-hmm. this wasn't real treatment because, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the other thing. People don't realize we had two to three hour long process groups yeah. that were yeah. seeing you one-on-one almost every day, mm-hmm. you know? It was heavy duty. It was heavy duty. It was that's, real that's, rehab. That's, that's, what, that was, that's yeah. sort of what was depleting us, in fact, because usually you'll hand off you know yeah. but it was just the three of us all the time I know right? I love I want to go back again let's <laughs> yeah, do it again I, th- I think <laughs> <laughs> well the other thing is you you responded to it because you'd been you'd never had a family feel like that yeah. that was a really I thought a poignant piece of your story is that we became like a little surrogate family for you. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. when I went to um, PTP Promises, uh, other program, they let me stay an extra couple of days for free because I just didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to stay yet. in rehab. And I told them if I win the lottery, I'm going to live in rehab permanently. You went to you <laughs> went to the, on Pico? Um, yeah, it was, wow. well, it was on Wilshire. Um, but now they, they closed it, actually. Yeah, I think but, they did. So, so we always what she program. went through, yeah. Yeah. no, so it was the professional. Paul Williams over there? Was that- uh, Dr. S- uh, Greg Skipper. Dr. Yeah, Skipper. The, gr- the gray guy. He, the, so they were doing tours because it was going to be the professional's track of promises, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And Sheila Balkin and I go by there and we go through the tour and he's telling us all what you guys are going to do. Oh, it was great. And we just both looked at each other and he go, said, you're talking about real, this is just treatment. It's treatment. Yeah. And, and he was like, yeah. yeah, isn't it weird you have to come up with a new brand for treatment because treatment had become so accommodating, so such BS mm-hmm. that they were just calling the professionals track calling it a separate new thing like it's a new thing and it was really go to group or go home Right, right. That's what, well, that's yeah, and theirs is actually a lot stricter because it's a lot of. Uh, do- I mean, I don't know how I ended up in there. Actually, well, Doctor Sophie wanted me in the professionals program to bring me back to more of my roots and like the kind of prep school I went to. He wanted mm-hmm. me to be with mm-hmm. the doctors and lawyers, but it was you know pretty much all doctors and physicians who got in some sort of trouble at work. Yeah, and so they have to you know they have to do everything right or else Doctor Skipper doesn't approve them to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And they're all required. <laughs> and there's the board. Well, there is no, leverage. there is no. I don't like the rules. I'm going to no, leave. There I mean, isn't. for these. Well, doctors, it's lose your license if we, you don't we have, stay. We, had, we dealt with a lot of doctors, remember, and they were really tough to treat. They're they very tough. I mean, the, the guy I'm engaged to, he's very tough to treat. <laughs> oh, we'll hear more about that. But, he, but, he was in rehab for six months. But he's a great, oh, but he's a great guy. That's all good. Take. <laughs> See, I realize when I say these things, he's not. Just like everybody's not newbie. Everybody's not newbie, newbie, newbie. <laughs> but you guys haven't seen each other since. Ten since, years. Gosh, the reunion. Well, you came back, though. I did so. Well, I came back before Sober House and just came back and visited season two and then I did Sober House season one which we shot a year after but Shelly mm-hmm. wasn't part of Sober House right right right, right. <laughs> yeah we only got to see you and she, she didn't mm-hmm. want to live with you guys <laughs> I love Sober House you know that's another thing unlike real sober livings you don't generally get I mean, we were getting process groups every day yeah in yeah. Sober House it was really just like rehab it living was like, in a different was, place right it was like treatment light I loved it yeah and, and that, I love it, treatment. It was so funny when we were, when we were the I producers. I should go back. I don't even remember any of this. The, it was so long ago. But the producers, we were always like, no, just don't worry about it. Stuff always happens that we have. Just let, just stand back. Let yep. it happen. It mm-hmm. always does. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I still have trauma from going to Catalina. That was like that too was much so for fun. Me. 
Uh, See, the producers were the ones who told me to take my top off. Uh, I'm sure. I was not going to do I said to them, Dr. Drew's going to get mad if I do this. See, yeah. TV producers said, it, always it. have to oh. do the obvious. So TV producers, my Terrible. argument wasn't the same as yours. <laughs> I was like, if you don't tell her to take her top off, she will. You don't have to worry about it. And what's his name? Jumped off the boat. Oh, I knew um, that somebody was oh, going to jump off the yeah, boat. Of course, I knew it. Rico. I knew somebody was going to steal one of those bicycles and take off on Catalina. <laughs> Drug addicts be drug addicts, but the producers <laughs> were so trying to make them act like drug addicts. I yeah. think that drove you nuts. I was just like, you don't have to tell them. You don't have to tell them. You would have taken your top off even if they mm, didn't tell you. Wouldn't no, because I wouldn't want Doctor Drew to be yeah, mad because, because, you. because no, I really didn't. Yeah, I know you were a good patient. Yeah, because it, it would have gotten her kicked out of the program. And that's the thing in a you know in right real, in the real world. That was it the only thing. Been, that was yeah. the only thing different is that I wasn't allowed to kick people out. Yeah, you weren't able to. We never kick people out. We just move them to the psych ward if you mm. recall we, well, we would give them options we'd give them options yes. they would often go to that ward that, yeah. was, that was what they were two east it was called right <laughs> yes, I remember so what's going on in your life now so first of all your sobriety okay so this is a, I was dreading coming here so I had 416 days sober uh-huh. and then when I and you know it's funny I mean I see now how the relapse happened I um you know, once I got sober, I went out to Vegas. I was starting to get booked every single weekend again. I, you know, I slowly stopped going to all my meetings because I was traveling every single weekend. I stopped going. Every Wednesday was my promises meeting. I was always going to that. Started missing it. Uh, the young boyfriend and I broke up, <laughs> and I ended up, you know, drinking. It was a one night. It was on November 18th. And then I got sober. You know, I did it again. I got really actively involved with promises again. And then um, I caught... My fiance at the time was my boyfriend. That he had um, had sex with a bunch of hookers behind he, my he, back. He did. <laughs> yeah. Oh Don't worry. God. He's in. Yeah. So this, so then this I, is a different guy. No, this is the guy I'm engaged to now. <laughs> what? Well, it's a sex addiction. I can overlook it. Is he in treatment? Yeah, he's in treatment right, right now. Okay. He's a blue tiger. Okay. So, um, but then that made me drink again. They have a sex it didn't make me drink. The blue is, tiger. Yeah, it's in Palm Springs. That kind of sounds, sounds sexy. It does. Well, <laughs> that's how you get those guys in. That's I mean, how you get them in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have to con them to come in. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, not that it made me drink. I can see what the trigger was. I just wasn't strong enough that in that point in my sobriety mm. when that happened. And then things were going well with us again. And then we. There was one other, uh, you know, January 6th, um, him and I had gotten in an argument and I went and sat courtside at a Lakers game and I decided to drink there. And so now my new sobriety is January 7th. So I have 47 days. There, there, do you guys make much mm-hmm. of a diff- distinction between slips and relapses? With your dealing patients? Um, I do. I do. Because part of slipping is part of reintegration of does this work? No, it doesn't. Does right. this really work? No, it doesn't. And sometimes you have to go through whatever it takes to understand that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing worse than wondering if alcohol still works for me. Isn't it interesting? It did not work. It was actually, like they say, your relapse is usually is worse than it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the disease really does pick up because... Right. I mean, I only had ha- I had five doubles the night October mm-hmm. on, on November tenth, um, and at a I Lakers know- game. No, that no. was this was the first. Uh, oh, that, was and, that was later. But um, I normally would not have been in a blackout after two drinks, and the behavior I did at this club I was at, mm-hmm. I mean, was cre- It was nothing like I've ever done before, and so it just shows that the alcohol affected me even worse mm. you know it does it, it really does because of the the way that it affects your your brain mm-hmm. when you haven't been drinking for quite some time yeah or, or 400 and some days right and then you go and you have a couple of doubles yeah. and you go into a blackout but but you seem much clearer about what you're contending with 
with um with alcoholism. Oh, I yeah. You I mean, know, I have you, no you, doubt you that I'm an alcoholic. You, yeah. I you know, and and then I understand. I mean, I see. You know, it's like when they say when your life starts getting too busy or you start getting back all the things you were losing in your disease, which was happening for me. I mean, all the different clubs were, you know, happy with me again. I was doing a great job. I was sober. I was getting booked for things. I stopped going to my meetings. I stopped hanging out with, you know, my best friend, my sponsor. I, I just Was she the one that we met last time? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She was actually going to come today, but yeah. she's sick. She seemed very solid. So Yeah. She's actually just got uh, 18 months. Now, I think we talked a little bit about this last time, but isn't it interesting that a lot of your unraveling comes in around relationships oh 100% I mean I realized what I was doing too in the last relationship was I was staying sober as a way to make him proud but then also I became he had a horrible relapse and I started becoming his caregiver Mm. I mean well he wasn't really he was just stayed drunk for months on end and his parents were having me fly up to take care of him to try to get him sober Um, Mm. you know he'd come stay with me I'd find bottles constantly I got afraid to leave my place because he was walking off and buying alcohol and uh, you know and then once we split up, which I know was probably the best thing ever for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I would have mm-hmm. listened to you and the people at Promises and mm-hmm. my psychiatrist, I would I would have left him sooner. <laughs> but I didn't listen to anyone. Well, I don't. And, I, I told you to leave. Well, you just said it wasn't a good relationship. Take care of you. Yeah, we might have said I don't. Oh, I won't. Okay. You didn't it, but, say that. Yeah, I won't you, tell you to live your life. But I would. Say, I knew that you knew it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And plus, I mean, if I would have listened to it, what is her name again? The psychic. And, um, Khalees Khalees told thing. me on Susan's show that when I kept saying over and over again well, what about the guy I'm with now and she's like well this is where it should be for now but she would not <laughs> and I asked her over and over again <laughs> but then the guy that she told me then she told me about another guy um, and that, that I was going to ignore for a couple months and I wasn't going to be really interested in. Is that this guy? Yeah. And because I, I totally, I met him at a promises picnic. I, he kept hitting on me, hitting on me, hitting me. I blew him off completely. For months, I was seeing him at meetings and he said I would ignore him when he said hi. I don't necessarily believe that. I'm just so social <laughs> that I'm talking to a billion people that I probably, you know, I had so many friends. And then he was very persistent, like she said he would be, with uh, trying to ask me out. And then finally, after a couple months, I went out with him. And then she even told me that he was going to like fancy things. And she saw me having a good life with him. And um, that I would wonder how I ever lived without him. And, and it's, it's all come true. What, but I still what, need to make sure this is the right guy. Because maybe there's another one that's this is all going to happen well, with. And, and <laughs> so I really need to go on this show again <laughs> to confirm. Say, does, does Mary before Gary, July 7th, before I get married. Okay. Mary, Gary, <laughs> Mary Ellen. the most... Um, um, just you never give up on love no you never do no you're the most emotionally resilient <laughs> after time and time again things going wrong you just keep trying why well, I, I think i've said this before you're a, little, you're a love, love addict love addict i am yeah i was yeah. thinking codependency yeah. a little love yeah. addiction well that's there, what i give me, i know you hear what yes. i hear and so mm-hmm. what what should she do um, well, I'm go always to meetings. I, <laughs> well, but mm. go to meetings. But I really think that's looking at an interpersonal sort of structure of a relationship. Um, you know, having a relationship with a therapist who's not codependent, so you can see what it's like to not get enmeshed with people. Where you can see where you maintain your autonomy while you're in a relationship with someone, and you go alongside them in a parallel way, and not in an enmeshed, overly, um, overly. Uh, 
uh, obsessive kind of way. Yeah, I definitely and, get obsessed. And so when you get obsessed, it <laughs> yeah. clouds your judgment. Mm. And that's what obsession does, no matter what you're obsessed with. It, yeah. It's the exclusion of everything else. So like what you were saying was, yeah. was like, oh, well, this could happen with another person. I want to make sure <laughs> this one's the right one. And, and it's like, you're right, because obsession can come in all kinds of different ways. Yes. And you won't know until all that obsession stuff settles down. Mm-hmm. And then you're really looking at does the relationship work on all these different levels to make a partnership? Yes. And that partnership is what you're going to be looking for to move forward into a future sort of relationship with someone. And, and let, let's remind people what Marilyn's history is too because that, that you got, given your history, you can understand why relationships are well, so Well, I first thing it was started at 16 with my grandfather dying. Is that because well, so you first, that started before your that. Mom, oh, your mom. Well, yeah, but I, I, I mean, just looking at, like, when I studied love addiction, they say it usually mm-hmm. happens when there's abandonment. So I think mm-hmm. for me it was, because I didn't have boyfriends or anything a lot until I was 16 and my grandfather died. And that's when I felt like I needed to have a boyfriend at all times. Ballet wasn't as important boyfriends were because but, I started being afraid these, of being alone. Think about these traumas that result in acting out. Sometimes they're a second hit. Yeah. So the first hit may have been the lack of your biological dad. Yeah. He was he had schizophrenia too. Um he has cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy. Well, you know that's true. They say cause they say the very first trauma would have probably been in the first 3 months of life when I was with just my mom and my dad and, and they were And your mom is schizophrenia. Yes, she is yeah. schizophrenic. And they were probably weren't holding me properly and stuff like that. So that was mm-hmm. actually the first big T. And then mm-hmm. the next big T would be, well, you know, big T, little T. I'm talking no, no. about trauma. Re- but yeah, trauma. big trauma, yeah. little trauma. Because some people yeah. have a bunch of little traumas. I have a lot of big, identifiable, you know, big traumas, which would yeah. be the first one, in the first three months of life, not being held properly yep. and everything. Yep. The second big trauma would be my grandfather dying at mm-hmm. 16. Mm-hmm. And then after that, taking care of my mom and grandma. And, then, and, and there's sort of a chronic yeah. nature to your stuff, too. Because, again, your mom is chronically not there. Your dad, biological yeah. mom, dad, chronically not there. And then you're biological your grandfather dies and yes. then your, bio, your grandmother though was around and then, right? but she her parkinson's disease was very bad so that was chronic and, I was and you had a pa- caretaker yes yeah. from and, 16 on I and was all the while being head. perfect as a ballerina doing ballet 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 well, school, that school, makes, school. Yeah, yeah. makes perfect sense yeah. being you know the hero being the hero mm-hmm. being the hero right? well, I, I, I have preoccupied mm-hmm. anxious attachment you know there's uh-huh. four attachment theories mm-hmm. see and, what promises uh, does no but we started we started we got it started this stuff is promises no, the that, big the, T the, little T is this promises this is promises as well as like we did a lot when I was in the professionals program you know they do a lot because it's all physicians they really you know they really teach you yeah. a lot more medical stuff and yeah. when we studied the four attachment theories and we do about so, a 60 question so there's test. avoidant mm-hmm. there's disorganized they're secure. Yes, which I'm not. And, not me. Uh, and ambivalent. Is that the, no, no. What's the fourth, fourth one? I think anxious. 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 Yeah, yeah anxious. I'm preoccupied yes. anxious. Yes. Yeah. So it makes you But know, you can You can, you can get progress. healthy. You can become you a healthy can, one. You can progress. And that, that's what she's that's the talking. key. You recognize these problems. But you that's get the what she's talking about. You, become, yes. you, you can progress because I had attachment problems and now me too. going through no, Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think I was a more disorganized a little bit, or ambivalent <laughs> maybe, or yeah, sort of ambivalent because mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. stuff, and I did ten years of therapy and, really? and emotionally focused therapy. I did ten years of therapy and, as well, and I was mm-hmm. preoccupied and anxious, and now I'm secure, and I don't have to have a person. But, to but, <laughs> but as you know, that's not, that's, that's not an intellectual process. That's an experiential thing of years and years of working with a therapist, kind of thing. Which is good. I mean, yeah. you're, you're a perfect setup for it now. You yeah. like it. You're motivated. You have insight. Yeah, you're yeah. willing. Yeah. yeah. No, I am. 
I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I do like because I see, you know, I see Dr. Sophie every week. Okay. Pretty uh, well. Okay. Almost and, and, every and you week. have your sponsor, which you're, yes, you're attached to. Yes, I have a sponsor. And then, you know, I see Dr. Sophie every week Good. And, and work with him. Go back to the Promises Wednesdays? I go that on Wednesdays, Palisades, Sunday mornings. And then Promises, we just do a lot of different activities, you know, game night. We go to the Getty Center together once a month. We do bowling. And I'm on the Community. event planning committee. Mm-hmm. So I, I plan uh, once a month, every Wednesday, I go in with Patricia Myers and yep. a couple other alumni. And we help plan events. Like I plan the holiday party and everything, so I like being very active in the Promises community. Bob just that keeps staring great. at me like, "Holy hell!" That's what you're that saying. The great. world needs. Yeah, yeah I know. There I know. Is. We've just been saying, but this. it's done by professionals. Patricia Meyer yeah. is oh, the greatest, yeah. mm-hmm. and she involves. They have the greatest alumni yes. system of of, but it keeps people on track. Cry yeah. Help does it. It's yeah. modeled. Promises modeled after Cry Help, but it's just way way well, nicer. That's funny, Patricia went to Cry Help, so <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So. But, that yeah. community-based stuff. See, you're thinking that it's going to be provided for no money. No, it's it's it takes professionals to organize 100, 150, 250, 500 drug addicts to then become vehicles of spreading that goodness, right? That that community. Well, it takes organization. It takes organization. It just is not going to come could, from. Could religion do that? Religion could do yeah, that. Yeah, and religion also is going through a cathartic thing, which is, is religion politics or is religion religion? Uh, right? I, nothing should be politics right now. Everything pra- pragmatic. <laughs> but I think that's what, <laughs> that's what we were talking about with Dave Navarro on a prior yeah. thing is the solutions to America's problems don't come from an, a, 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 a policy. No. They come from not. us individually getting more whole. And you then, agree? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when you're doing it with other people, whether they're been doing it for 20 years or doing it for, you know, yeah. the, um, a year, that community then becomes where we'll listen to each other, each other, where well, we'll forgive one but, but another. I, but I'm, I'm arguing that that community could be a bowling league or it could be all kinds of things. People could gather but together. She just said they go bowling. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. for me, I really think it would have been very hard to have stayed sober and to want to get back into the program without promises because I pretty much stopped hanging out with anyone I was friends with um you know after i went through treatment I, I did not spend time with anyone else i pretty much only spent time with the promises community that was all my social activities the winners. The promises they were yeah. the winners that's and, what it takes and it had you know and if they you know having all the different events to do and mm-hmm. having so many you know it's just such a great community we all no matter who shows up to the meeting you know you have something in common with them because you can all talk about the houses or something you know the different living mm-hmm. and the the therapists and i just i love the sense of community with them and anytime something's wrong i can i know i can pick up the phone and call any of the people at Promises. We have a alumni Facebook page. God, you know, you would think Promises is paying me. They should right now because well, they have paid. But, they have paid you. But okay. that's true. That's true. We so, went the other. So, uh, other than the, the the love addiction piece, where do you want to be in five years? I want to be um, married with no, other than the relationship part. babies. Babies. You want to be mom? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. All right. Let's take that. Is the game plan right now? Let's take some calls. This <laughs> is uh, Brittany who called in from Facebook. Uh, Brittany, go ahead. Hi, Mary. Um, what you're saying is interesting because I can totally relate to love addiction. Um, I t- myself, I grew up in an abusive household. Uh, my mother, my father were abusive. They're druggies. My mom did married uh, a narcissist um, who physically abused me, mm-hmm. um, mentally, spiritually, all of us in the house. So I myself became quite, I, I grew up very angry, and still to this day I'm very angry um, inside. You know, I'm peaceful, but anything can make me snap when I feel someone is crossing me, 
I don't have it, and it's unhealthy. I I alienate people, um, and I also have a pattern of coming into abusive relationships, not physically, but mentally and spiritually. Um, that in turn, I'm so codependent on the other person. I never want to be alone, mm-hmm. and when things go wrong, what do I do? I self abuse my I abuse myself mm-hmm. and um, I beat myself up so hard I start taking Xanax I start doing coke I start drinking heavily smoking marijuana it's just a never-ending spiral and um, I ha- I am on Lexapro but it doesn't seem to help I try to come off of it and well you're, you're, you're talking about you're mm-hmm. talking about symptoms that don't really respond to antidepressants I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff going on there a lot of stuff trauma, to unpack there trauma mm-hmm. stuff right. yeah, there's a lot. yeah and it would take it would take quite some time with um, professional help um, the good news is is that you are understanding of what it is going on that's going on with you so that's like a huge percentage of what what we struggle with is identification. So you've, you've identified so many things. And now I think that just putting together a structure to move forward and get better step by step would be the, the opportunity that I would look for for you. I agree. And I mean, really, they can't really put her on Lexapro until she's had some continued sobriety. Mm-hmm. Because until you have continued sobriety, we don't know what, you know, at least I would think 90 days uh, sober to think, see what I your think, brain I think is. Mary Ellen's going to work in this field. Yeah. Well, I know. I want to. Well, that's, that's what I've been saying forever. I wanna be, and then she runs off to Vegas, for no, Christ's sake. I want to be a drug and alcohol therapist. Haven't I told you yes. that for 10 years? Yes, I want to do this. I, lo- I find it fascinating. <laughs> so, well, I'm going back to school for my for psychology. Yeah, so. right, actually. No, I yeah, think you could be. There, um, <laughs> with the next, there was a fallout. And, um, you know, he actually did put his hands on me. And, of course, naturally, I responded with great anger. And I threw knife at him, a butcher knife at him. And so the police came and they took me to a mental health facility. And it helped, but, you know, it, and they took me straight to a psychiatrist. And he's just like, oh, He's not very personal. He's like, you just need Lexapro and Xanax. And I'm like, I don't think this is healthy. Lexapro and Xanax. Wow. They do have these patterns. It's very self-abusive. And I just, I forget who I am. I recognize, but I do forget because when I'm consumed by anger, which I have issues with, obviously, I'm being hurt, but... So, I, I lose control and I forget right, everything. Right. So dialectical behavioral therapy. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And then also, you know, we gotta get you to a place where you can go inpatient somewhere yeah. mm-hmm. where you can spend thirty, sixty, ninety days, um, where you're not gonna be evoked by your environment so that your brain can settle down a little bit. It sounds like it gets very dysregulated when certain things happen, you mm-hmm. get very triggered. I put her on hold. I, I advise I, treatment. <laughs> yeah, I know she needs this. Doesn't get better fast. That kind of thing. But no, it would take D, some DBG, time. What she's describing is, you know, when she's in these intense emotional states, her, overwhelmed. Well, she also loses track that other people's minds have content. So she does yes. things and acts out without really understanding. She's hurting other people. She loses track of her, even her sense of self. She said, "I I, know, right. I lose who I am." Those things. I'm just become this violent 
ball of anger. Right, right. And Which that's it, bad. Yeah. That's not good. You don't want to be no, like that. No, and, and the consequences of that is is that she's medicating with dangerous substances. Right, right. And in addition, she's pushing people out of her life who may very well be people that love her or that she loves. And then when you start to lose people around you where you don't feel like people care about you anymore because you've pushed them all away, then you get very lonely and that, that intense loneliness triggers a more cascading of of pain and emotional also, pain but also it triggers getting help okay you know what i mean yeah. i i i think that that consequence to our behaviors is what's lacking right? in, in, people for, tolerate too much bs yes mm-hmm. right? i agree with that wholeheartedly and so she said it so so Nicely, like, and then I threw a knife at him. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm imagining Mary's throwing a knife or two. No, I'm not a a physically. I'm verbally violent, (laughs) but I'm not physically violent. What what would you What would you say? Those equivalent of a knife throw. So if somebody, what did you say when this prostitution thing went down? Say some of the things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Some of the knife throwing. Oh, I don't want to say this really. <laughs> okay. I'll say what I said with my ex-husband when I was mad at him. I would call him a short, fat, loser electrician and tell him I'm going to leave for a rich guy. I'd be like, you short, fat, bald, loser electrician. I'm going to leave you for a rich guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you did, didn't you? Um, <laughs> I did. I did it. The guy in promises was very... See, it manifests. Oh, it manifests. Well, manifest. we think you manifest. Yeah, yeah, you manifest. I mean, that was the thing. The guy I'm with now when I come with the hookers, I mean, he's tall. He's mm-hmm. smart. He's educated. He has a good medicine? career. Emergency medicine. Yeah. He actually said when he was... I always mix up if it's um, fellowship or internship. Residency, residency. residency. That he worked at Huntington. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and you were on one of the floors and he had to call you from the ER oh, yeah. and like tell you about a patient. Yeah, yeah. MD aware. But that's, I, I love that stuff. <laughs> Screen out. The, but yeah, he went to USC like you. Yeah, that's but, uh, those are USC hospitals. The, but the four, I'm gonna get the four attachments. <laughs> I'm just preoccupying yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. Secure, ambivalent. No, secure, disorganized, <laughs> avoidant, ambivalent. And I'm so, disorganized. You may have been at one time. Yeah, yeah. Disorganized is the worst. Disorganized is where you really, you just don't. You know, kids are completely spinning like tops. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Yeah. I just thought about on the house. What do you, mm-hmm. what is this thing for emotional yep. attachment? <laughs> for, for attachment, for attachment styles. Styles. Four, meeting at his house. He's three, disorganized. Infer, infer, <laughs> in, in, in infant research, they found four attachments. There's something called the adult attachment interview, where you can actually form. <laughs> did you have the adult attachment attachment? What interview? is the one where too many people are attached to you? And no, 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 want, no, no, no. What no, is that? Well, that's how you attached. This is how you. Yeah. yeah have you, you attached to others? No. What? Then you become resentful towards all the people that depend Let's sort of on avoid, you. Probably avoid. Well, avoid. Yeah, avoid. Okay. I have that one. Yeah. I generally am with, attracted to avoidance. I think but, you're attracted to avoidance. Well, I, I mean, I noticed. Well, the guy, the young boyfriend I was with, he was definitely an avoidant. Well, you know, and that's the sort of love addiction, love mm-hmm. avoidance cycle, right? Yep, yeah. That's the cycle. But the guy I'm with now is not an avoidant. He might be also like me, preoccupied, anxious. Mm-hmm. So why do people be avoidant? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why do they do? When their mother, it's the opposite the of abandonment. They have someone. What do that's I get constantly- out of What well, do I get out of being avoidant? Well, you don't. You don't have to to really fully engage. I, I bet you're ambivalent. Keeps you safe. Yeah. Keeps you safer. See, you guys always act cured, and I, I, mm-hmm. I, I just like to act uh, like how I am. I'm not cured at all. Okay. So- right. So I have these problems in this area for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I want you to diagnose me. So what I, <laughs> what I, and you know me best. So, mm-hmm. so what do I have? If an attachment disorder, what is my main problem? Well, I- and I what do I do about it? I think that you have. You're a, not avoidant. A, not avoidant at all. No. 
I, mean, I don't know your relationship history. But I get I get resentful at people that I create them dependent yeah, on. Yeah, ambivalence. Me. What, is what is that? Ambivalent attachment. You get the attachment, then you're ambivalent about it. Yeah, I've I gotten think, way yeah. better at it in the last yeah. two three years. But then I, but I also feel like that's that's a not just an attachment issue. I think it's it's like <laughs> you have to boil it down. Codependency. Yeah. Narcissism. Oh, thinking narcissism. You have the, the, it's a personality see, like aspect. It's a personality. Oh, definitely aspect. Personal, uh, And and so your personality is is that you really see people and you really get them engaged and really dig in and get involved. But then when they get really involved with you, then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is too me. involved. Because then the intimacy arrives, and if you're not ready for the level of intimacy that's going to come towards you, then you would be you push it away. You would push it away, and then you would be ambivalent towards it. And then those folks would then react in some way, anxious, or they would react they, they in come, avoidant, well, or they come, go they come away. tighter after you or, because or, where yeah. are you going? You're that's like, what I would do. I would yeah. come tighter after you. Yeah. No, but I I, <laughs> I would track I just you find, down. <laughs> see, I think that it helps it helps people at home to have conversations like this. Like I'm saying mm-hmm. that I do that. I know I have attachment disorders still. I know how it actuates what how I create like a like I'll be there for you, but then I resent that you want me to be there for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. This causes constant conflict about every 3 to 6 months. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so as you're growing older, you don't want that chaos in your life, mm-hmm. right? Shocking. Mm-hmm. So, so well, what I've good. done now is overcompensate. Like I don't really let anybody attach to me either. I just hide and climb. Now it's avoidant. Now it's straight avoidant. <laughs> now it's straight avoidant. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. win with this stuff, Mary. <laughs> It, you need to go back to treatment. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'll just Mary's, go back to treatment. Mary's moving towards secure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Slowly, slowly so, moving so, towards and, secure. And talk I about how these problems transfer not just romantically or inter- interpersonally in marriage and and pe- with your parents or whatever, but to your children because that's what's going wrong in America. Well, is everybody's fucked up problems right. they're projecting and it's a f- creating the next generation of trauma. Right. So if you can't have straight intimate connection, you can't build regulation. And so they're growing up dysregulated, distrustful in a dance with their intimate partners. So many children I see intimacy. 7 to 10 at my son's school have uh, described being anxious mm-hmm. and feeling embarrassed. So embarrassed. so that's the but what what are their parents doing? That's because rather than talk about liberals and conservatives, I'm more interested <laughs> in what are the, what are the probably intruding, probably intrusive. They're intrusive. Okay, so the con- child. Yeah, that's what's avoidance are like. Yeah, yeah so the child what, child doesn't mm-hmm. learn to sort of navigate in the world on their own. Yeah, and learn to test reality, reality testing. So rapprochement, go out in the world. Make some, take some risks. Go back, back. refueling at home. Mm-hmm. Go back out in the world. That that was the piece that I lacked badly, mm-hmm. and so I had to right. do years of that in therapy. And it's going out of the world, having a secure base to come back to. And as you test in the world, you become less anxious because you you start you're to, walking through things. You're walking through things. You start to experience yourself in a more realistic and whole way. You start re- experiencing reality. You start experiencing boundaries. It distorts reality. Mm-hmm. The anxiety distorts sure. reality. Sure, that's what a, listeners need to know. How destructive this is in the fiber of our our communities and in our nation. So I'll give you an example. Elvis was anxious. He tends to use that word a lot, mm-hmm. right, about his report card that was coming Friday, right? And I said, what are you anxious about? What are you worried about? And he's like, math. And I said, well, he's really good at math. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, what are you talking about? So then got the report card 100%. A. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is this? So it's it's displaced. Mm-hmm. The anxiety is coming mm-hmm. from somewhere else. Yes. It wasn't math. No, it's coming from it's coming from somewhere else and it's probably having to do with pleasing yeah. or worry. Perfectionism. Perfectionism. Yeah, because I was always anxious for every test yes. in school yeah, and me too. you know, I it always had to get an A and I was always yeah, I would get severe, you know, I was being well, super nervous before any test. But perfectionism, and, you, yeah. you were, that was your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I remember having an A in 7th grade in English and they announced an extra credit report you could do and even though I had an A I couldn't not do the extra credit what, what did the perfectionism mean to you what was it what, did you have a sense of it solving a problem or I just you know I, I had it from such a young age yeah. I had to be the best dancer in my group the straight A student the student of the year the hero yeah I remember when I the lost the spelling bee I came in second and being hysterically crying mm-hmm. in school and everyone, everyone had to console this me this stuff and goes on every day <laughs> in Los Angeles what <laughs> she's I, describing I well the, the problem with our country but my family never made me have to get the A's it was something within me that yeah, I'm just wondering what it, what problem it was solving for you, what what it did for you. Well, it, it it guards against shame and embarrassment, and also I think how our fa- how our parents feel about themselves is far more powerful than what they project that that we're supposed to be doing towards ourselves. Like I feel like my family, they had good intentions intellectually, but how they felt about themselves inside, right. I picked up on no, right, way more than what they were telling me. Yes. Like, you're, the, the emotional you're great and everything's great and you should you're good at this and but I couldn't I couldn't hear it because I kept feeling that like their inauthenticity under wrong. that. Yeah. No, we we have to be a whole being, right? The, the the right and the left brain, the intellectual part and the holistic part. And if and kids pick up on that holistic part if it's not lined up with the intellectual part. And I was extremely sensitive, which did, you know, come out and and become very good for me later in life when I was able to manage that that in you know in the, that intuition when I was able to do that and I was able to manage what came up for me and I was able to move through into you know becoming an empathic person that's when it all kind of clicked in mm-hmm. like why I was so sensitive when I was a baby Again, and why I was so sensitive you're, you're able to see it from yes. a new perspective you're not in it and I'm, working through yeah. all of those you know reasons why my brain got very dysregulated you know just being that sensitive in the environment and do you some know of us story? are sensitive. People. About yeah. being locked units and all this kind of stuff. Oh, I don't know all oh, of that. Uh, I mean, she was a rock and roll girl. I mean, no. I know, I know a little. Bit. I mean, I know she what was, was having fun. fun. I was having fun. Yeah, yeah, you make it yes. seem like it was like one flew of the cuckoo's nest. This was a girl you could depend on. She always knew what to do. <laughs> I'm saying when the Xanax withdrawal kicked in. <laughs> oh, that's the maybe. part. That's uh, the part. That was years later. You know, you know, <laughs> you know why it bothers me is because it was you were so mishandled by the medical system. It drives me insane. You were so well, was, mishandled. Well, first of all, I had a year of sobriety, and I didn't do anything they told me to do. Okay, <laughs> so part of Marielle, the listen issue, carefully. I, I had a year of sobriety, <laughs> and I did everything that they told me not to do, and I didn't do anything they told me to do except stay sober. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was star graving sober at about a year and fifteen months of sobriety. I was crazy yeah. because I had replaced and sub- sublimated uh, drugs for. Relationships. <laughs> yes. familiar? Yes. Drugs for relationships. But how did and you get on benzos? I got on benzos because I had a nervous breakdown because certain things happened when that relationship in those relationships that I couldn't manage that reminded me of when I was a kid and I didn't have any coping strategies for it because, again, I didn't do anything they told me to do in the first year of sobriety. How long does it take to get addicted to Xanax? How long did it take? No, no, no. I wasn't addicted to Xanax. I took it and then I started abusing it and then I ended up having to reset my sobriety. So how long was that? Like three months? 
Yeah, probably two months or so. Can you can you go, become crazy that oh, much? Oh, oh yeah. We used to take them all the time. Didn't do anything. <laughs> Bob, no, you're, Bob, Bob, you're what you call crazy. heavyweight. You're no, heavyweight. she was taking them too. She I was at Xanax. the bakery. I was at the bakery. So, <laughs> how does, so what Drew she was doesn't know. Them too. I love Xanax. There was a bakery. I used to say I wanted to marry a big But you didn't Xanax know this though. place. This was <laughs> in the eighties there was time. a bakery <laughs> on Beverly Boulevard. You could go and buy Xanax oh, wow. for a dollar a pill. It was Valium. It wasn't it was Diazepam. I'll take any Benzo. That's Valium. But you got strung out of Xanax though. No, no. I got strung out on Valium when I was using using and then when I got We were all strung out on it, Martin. We are all, all, all of us. Think how lucky you were. Buy them for a dollar uphill. Think how lucky you were not to die on the benzo opiate combo. Yeah, because that oh combo is deadly. Well, but we had the crack in there too, though. That was helping. <laughs> <laughs> that was helping. That was, well, it was helping something. But, I don't know but, really but, what it was but, helping. Shelly, I'm losing. Yes. You, I'm losing track of your story. My, my, my recollection was somehow Xanax got going. Yeah, Xanax because I ended up in the psych ward. This was this was acting around the, sober. Yeah, sober. yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I had a breakdown, whatever like a mood, type of breakdown, a mood, a mood yeah, yes, yeah. I had to. I was very, very yeah, depressed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And so I went to the psych ward, and then they gave me, they gave me Xanax. Yeah. They also fix gave it? me did it fix it. It did fix it. <laughs> it fixed it. That's why they you believe know. in it. I Drew. know. It, what it, do you think? It, I, listen, every Adderall fixes ADHD. No, yeah. until you no, get. They didn't give me that. Until your addiction kicks in, and then it's boom. <laughs> right. So the addiction kicks in. You ever right? been on Adderall? I tried it once, and but, I bomb. didn't like it. Bomb. I don't like uppers. People I'm do too hyper drugs. for that. Yeah, they do drugs because they, they work. work. I yeah, know. That's yeah. why they do them. I but, like downers. So the Xanax kicked in in the hospital. Okay, and then and then I took it because you know I you're supposed I was, to. I, well, you know, and then working. and then, but they also gave me other medications <laughs> too. I understand uh, around what? that. But then I abused the medication. I had to then what? stop, and then <laughs> I had to restart my time, which was 22. Yeah. 22 years ago. How long to, before you start? You had to stop. How long were you on it before you stopped? Oh, I wasn't on it very long. A couple but I of thought, months. I thought Xanax withdrawal sent you and you had a bunch of weird That diagnos- was the first... No, that was the first time I got sober. Okay. The, the first time I was addicted to Valium. So it was Valium withdrawal. It was Valium and, and they gave withdrawal. you a bunch of crazy diagnoses, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. They well, gave, and they, put you a locked unit, right? So, Drew, just to right. just, just synopsize modern times and old times. I don't like... I don't. I didn't like diazepam. Neither did a lot of our friends. I didn't but think once it did you anything. heard you could get them for a dollar a piece, we would line up at this bakery, right, and take tons of them, right. That's what's going on now with fentanyl in America. Jeez. It's so cheap, you can get high for ten dollars. You can die for ten dollars. What is fentanyl? What it's fentanyl like a, is a strong heroin? A lot of those doctors, I would imagine, you were in rehab yes. with were yes. on it. Um, I, you know, I, I think some of the anesthesiologists. <laughs> no, because there was a lot, a lot of anesthesiologists oh, in there. Oh, my favorite. They were injecting themselves with a lot of their drugs, yeah. the different anesthesia <laughs> drugs. Actually, Dude. one of the guys right now that was just in there, he um, is in, well, he's in jail now because I think he may have gotten bailed out for he. Um, he was doing anesthesia for a, another physician, and he passed out during the <laughs> oh during the surgery, gosh. and the, the person his, died. Oh that's my his God. occupation. Yeah. It's on the news a oh, month or two months ago. It's this craziness what's going on. The guy's on. in PTP right now. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, he was close to retiring to the anesthesiologist, oh but so he was injecting I, himself What I'm saying drugs. about the fentanyl, though, is... The the regulation that 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 Shelley and mine's generation was, we were regulated by twenty and forty dollars. Yeah, and it wasn't much 
morphine in that twenty or forty dollars. There was right. not, and the the economics kept you in a certain check. There's none of that anymore. You yeah. can buy fentanyl. For, for $5. For $5. You can buy a, I don't know how it comes in, I guess grams. Mm. You can buy a gram for $20 or something. Somebody email us what the, it's unbelievable. And the it's kids so are preferring cheap. that. I have kids that are strictly identified strictly as fentanyl, fentanyl addicts. addicts. Yeah. What strictly. kind of world are we in, man? I don't know. I just like alcohol and Xanax. I know. So I'm reason, so boring. But the, but the reason <laughs> I wanted to bring up, I, I wanted to get a little bit healthier because I want to yeah. have children and I want them, I don't want to fuck them up. Right. So your main dream the whole time I've known you for 10 years now Mm -hmm. is to get yourself together, find the right guy and have children. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to talk about here is you get yourself together. All the rest of it will fall in place. Mm -hmm. Stop thinking the other way around. Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm engaged and we're going to get married. No, no, you didn't hear him. July 7th and we're going to have babies. No, say it again. (laughs) Because because, you you expect babies to solve the problems. No, no, I mean... No, but no, I think you've done a really good job yeah. to not have children when you knew you weren't capable or Well, or that's not why I was having them because and, I was making, I didn't want to be pregnant and have to go through that when I was still making money off appearances and things. I, so. by, and by the way, I, I'm going to speak on your behalf, but we're applauding you for the progress yeah. and how much you've done. No, I mean, but I'm saying you, you're not that far away from being just fucked up like me mm-hmm. trying to do your best. <laughs> I'm trying to give you hope. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You can be as fucked up as Bob. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very I mean, that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but I function pretty well. My kids aren't basket cases yet. We'll yeah. see. But but we're all trying, and we have these conversations. I'm just worried when I have these... kids, how yeah. I'm going to deal with if they're not straight A students, if they're not. The... Oh, you better count on that. I mean, because I'm I know that I'm going to. You you can't have your stuff through them. And that's I know. Exactly and I'm like, what, what if she's not a star ballerina? About. I've already thought she can only watch. Ba- well, if it's a girl, but I want her to do ballet, and she's only going to watch ballet on TV. What if she hates it? I hated it till I was older, and oh, then I loved it. So she's gonna force her to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think you have to make. You know, my my grandparents made me play the piano. I played the clarinet. We I did ballet, of... and then ballet was finally the thing I liked. From you know, fourth or fifth grade on, it was all dance. You know, and had they let me quit, I would have been so sad. But they they told me I, I couldn't quit everything. It, it they let is, me quit it is the a piano. weird zone. That that's a weird. Thing. It's tough. It's that's very tough. Thing, they let me daughter. quit the piano. They let me quit the clarinet. I did bowling and dance. They wouldn't let me quit we all, all my activities. We kind of tried. We you know, you're trying to the modern parenting that you guys did. But it's ironic that out of three kids, two became athletes, focused on athletes, just like you were as a kid. You didn't push them to, but yeah. that's what they became, yeah. right? I think we sug- – Shelly's – Ivy's a musician. Uh-huh. Huh? I wasn't an athlete. I know, but he – what I'm trying to say is, even if we try to do the right in parenting, mm-hmm. you didn't want to encourage her to be a musician. Maybe you you, you didn't want to like what Mary's saying, right? <laughs> just, ballet, right? You didn't Straight do A's that. I know ballet. you didn't, but yet the genetics it or it through. comes through, or yeah. or I they... think the genetics do come through um, in a lot of ways. But we exposed Ivy to a lot of different things: piano and dance, and we just we just put her in anything yeah. that she was interested That's in, a... and then if she liked it, we would sign up again. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. if she liked that, we would sign up again. And when she wanted to drop out a piano because it was boring, I was like, okay, but what are you going to do instead? That's you what know? my grandparents did with me. Yeah, you know? just well, what I'm are gonna, you going to do instead? Yeah. I'm going to give well, you the example, So she picked though. up guitar. My older son told me at 15 years old, 
that school didn't matter because he was just going to be a musician like me and Don. <laughs> and I said, are you trying to kill me? What are you talking oh, about? Great. No, you can't be a musician. It's the worst life ever. <laughs> right? Right, right. Would you, yeah. uh, you know, what do you think when you, she's saying No, it? because I, I give Ivy strategies, coping strategies. It's not the life. It's how you cope with it. Wow, that sounds like a book. It's oh, not the Shelley Sprague's book. All right. <laughs> right there. <laughs> let's, let's, do you want to talk to Dan from Florida? Oh, sure. Dan, oh. Okay. Let's talk to Dan. A, so he writes me on Twitter a lot. Is this a former bow? No. Okay. Here is Dan. Dan, go ahead. No, I'm too old for her. Okay, what's going <laughs> on? Yeah, I, I want to ask you, um, well, shouldn't these people change their environment? Wouldn't that be helpful? Which people? So people who have to change their lifestyle. Yeah, that's what she said she did. She's only hanging out with the right there, people. There's, but there's, there's a there's a sort of a. F- well, I mean, how about the geography? Yeah, that, no, 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 geography no, no. doesn't matter. It's people that matter. He wants matter. me to move to Florida. Good, no. but Which, my mom is in Boca by him. Oh, but... Boca. I oh, love to move around, but I'll take I'll take care of you, Barry. Oh, so listen, <laughs> you know, like I have now. Uh, I, I went to USC too. Oh, okay. but a long time ago, <laughs> and uh, I really? only, the best thing I've done now uh, since 1969, I never smoked another joint or had another drink. Right. So I've been I've been sober for 50 years. Holy so moly! Can't be done. Well, wow. I'm not sure you're an alcoholic, but but good. <laughs> I, it can be done. That's for sure. And uh, no, well, that, well, that can't be. Yeah, but uh, it was rough, but I made through. And, uh, Whoops! I'm sorry. He just went back on hold there. Hold on, let me get him back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've just got my finger on the button just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a friend of yours? No, he. Well, okay, he used to call into my Vivid Radio show every week, and then he writes me on Twitter every day. Okay, mm-hmm. you ever met him? He came to a club appearance once. I'm sure. But I only got to, I didn't get to see him for long, so. Well, but the point is, though, doing a geographic <laughs> nice. never works. People, but people changing believe, your people, people is a good yeah. idea well, because me, you don't have anything in common with people that are I know, but you'll, you'll be attracted to people who are bad for you. That's the mm-hmm. way addicts mm-hmm. work. That's the way trauma works. So it, you'll find it anywhere you go if you try to avoid the place. Um, but changing your environment from unhealthy to healthy being around people who are healthier who are making better choices in their life those are the people you want to try to gravitate towards when if you're in the same environment like the same town you want to Mm -hmm. try to gravitate towards people who are doing better in that environment because you can't always get away from your environment let's get we're gonna i'm gonna read some emails you guys okay okay uh advice Uh, my brother suffers from ptsd as a result of sexual abuse when he was eight he's in his 30s now and continues to have deep-seated issues he sees a family counselor but to no avail i mean this is the common thing and this is the EMDR. other this is the big thing in our country right now everyone has had adverse childhood experiences like like 60 percent of the population has had major is childhood trauma it's some crazy oh, number high. like that mm-hmm. and you know it's all you see i right? think emdr and and um dbt but somebody who really knows trauma did yes. you have trauma other than that chronic the sort of a chronic thing yeah, yeah. just a different even yeah. like that but no sexual abuse or anything like that uh, Oklahoma. Come on, you guys are being quiet. Well, it just let's gets, talk about my fiance. De- let's talk about my gets, fiance. Because de- it, de- <laughs> it gets depressing when so you cute. when you look at people who are seeking help. 
and they can't get it, right? Uh, and Drew, or what kind of help Drew, for we them just to talked get. about this. The two best therapists I know that I would recommend my partner, my family members to go to cost three hundred. One costs three hundred fifty dollars an hour. You yeah, would be nice enough to see Elijah for half price. Of <laughs> but three hundred fifty dollars an hour. I mean, that's crazy. That's I think if hard. someone can't afford a therapist, they could go to. You know, you can go to um, different meetings and get a sponsor, and then that's a yeah. But for this trauma, this, you got to well, get therapy. You got to get therapy and very yeah. specific types of therapy because you could be in therapy for a very long time and not get at this type of, of material mm-hmm. um, because of your own defense mechanisms that you build up to survive. So you want to make sure that you get the right type of therapy for PTSD specifically. I mean, somebody who knows how to deal with childhood trauma. It's so important. Yeah, it, it's, it's crucial. Thing. Let's take the post-traumatic stress out of it and just talk about the trauma. I think yeah. PTSD is a very popular catchphrase that everyone has. All the yeah. returning it's veterans have. All the all the wounded warriors have. Anybody, you know, that it's just. I agree. Trauma is what's wrong with us. Yes. Yeah, and I right? agree that yes. we should change. The we should separate the types of trauma and and put it in different categories because I do think that it it that combat trauma different. is different than childhood, than childhood trauma, trauma. and I do think we need to Isn't stop sexual trying. what's the top of the heap is sexual childhood yeah, abuse it's the top so. of the heap I mean severe physical abuse probably mm-hmm. gets, gets there too but and sexual it, abuse is it's the mind it's a lot bending. it happens a lot more yeah. than people want to I know I know it does it was it really we went does. through an epidemic of it. When? In the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And, and then, you know, a certain percentage of those people act, and then they acted out a little bit. And so it's. But it's the other thing of covert is what's going on. I finally, when you talked that last time, uh-huh. I looked it all up. That's uh-huh. what's going on. That's what my clients are describing. Covert sexual Not abuse. Sexual covert abuse, incest. But yeah. best friends with their like mom. Mental, mental Best friends with yes. their mom. Did, can you, did something happen like that with you? No, but my very, very close friend in treatment has, I mean, he's been battling this for a long and time. And what did it, it explain it. a little describe bit. It, yeah. yeah, describe it. Um, I mean, so his, his story. Well, the way he explained it to me was that, um, you know, his mother, you know, he always, he, she would always uh, sleep in bed with him. Mm. Uh, was always, you know, brushing his mom's hair. Oh, um, boy. Just the mom, you know, the mom uh, expected him to always, you know, tell her how beautiful she was. Was, his little man, little, yes, and um, she just she, psycho shit. Yeah, I know. She was sleeping, <laughs> I know. She would sleep in bed with him instead of her husband. Oh and, my god! Um, and what does the husband think? Sarah, this is this is surrogate um, spouse. Yeah. yeah, surrogate spouse. When yes, when the which is person the covert is, is yeah, it's yeah, very very um, and it creates avoidance. Damaging. They usually become avoidance. Yes. He ended up starting. He could not be in close relationships. Mm-hmm. He um, except for with his mother. Well, yes, mm-hmm. and he, but anytime well, he would they start become, to feel. Addicted. So anytime he would become close to a woman he was dating, he couldn't continue dating her. He could only have sex with uh, prostitutes. prostitutes. Yeah, so you're, you're because he talk, didn't want emotional attachment. You heard about people who can't can't be sexual. Engulfed. They can't. Yeah, they can't be sexual with somebody that they love. That they, they love have, exactly yeah, mm-hmm. because it's too consuming. Mm-hmm. They get lost in it. And he's been in a lot of treatment. He does that. What, what is oh, the EDMR? Guy. He's EMDR. He went to, He's gone to promises twice for ninety days. He sent, they sent him to the Blue Tiger place in Palm Springs. Does he have a, dr- a drug problem too? Um, you know what? He had been seven years sober, and then he yeah. drank again. Mm. But we're it's mostly a- gambling, gambling, and the prostitutes. Yeah, are his we're, doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of promo for Blue Tiger and Promises. <laughs> so let me just say that no. Shelly is the director no, of the Bel Air Recovery Center. It's just <laughs> my, my recovery. My life is so promises. I'm, you know, but but you've learned so much. It's really I've impressive. So much yeah, from and it. I'm glad and you've seen all the different flavors of kinds of addictions that are out there. What and is sort of the pay bl- attention. What is the Blue Tiger? I mean, represent? the only reason I know right now. 
know that my fiance's there, so that's what all I know. The, I'm going for a couple of Where does the name Tuesday. come from? Is oh, that wow. a part of sex addiction? Yeah. Blue tiger? Blue tiger. What does it mean? Like Tiger Mom or what? No, there was Waking the Tiger. There was a famous book by Levine that uh, Peter Levine that was about the trauma. Maybe stuff. it has nothing to do. Yeah, with maybe the guy who owns it just like likes the color blue ball. and he likes well, maybe tigers. Maybe it has nothing to do with that. Are you sure you didn't get the names mixed would, up? And that's a bar one, you're sipping in. No, I would call mine the Pink Pomeranian. I like pink and I like Pomeranians. So <laughs> you know, it sounds like maybe you did, I, that's what she would call it. So maybe he likes the blue tiger. It sounds like Indian imagery. You know, like like maybe some Indian. But it feels Japanese. You know what? When I go there on Tuesday, Bob, I will ask yeah, them ask why the blue name. tiger say we and i'll make sure that you there. know yeah. let's take a tour i'm gonna say there. he doesn't care about the program he just wants to know huh? why blue tiger and it's just men <laughs> yeah just men just men and they only yeah. have four to six there at a time and they i mean here's what i don't think is great about the program see it's not a commercial for them is that i find it strange that they have them doing only a 12-day treatment program they call it a 12-day boot camp because to really you know with these sex addictions you i mean any treatment you really need at least 30 days i think 90 days realistically well, but, but they, they, there's not a medical Peace, you know what I mean? It's There's just, no it, detox. It's yeah. hard to justify hard staying to, uh, to pay for that because they can talk if they if they stay active in their program on the outside, okay. they should be able to live independently. Yeah. But they've got to do it. And do the you work. just really like inpatient treatment, don't you? Well, I just think that it takes you know if you're a really bad sex addict and you're seeing prostitutes constantly or there, porn there all are the time, places it that takes will hold a longer. longer time to create a behavioral change. Well, it takes. You know, I, a I think, lifetime. I think yeah. that's, Mary. I mean, but, that's Mary saying I mean, but that. But ninety days of treatment increases your success rate fifty percent. And you identify with sex, sex addiction for a while too, right? No, I realize never sex addiction because sex addiction. and love kind of goes together. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. That's yeah. I mean, mine was definitely a love addiction because yeah. I've discovered that you know, I will. Get, I don't want to ever just have sex and I, with a random guy. Right, and, right. And I was discovering when I was doing my radio show a couple of years ago and I did the topic of one night stands. Because yeah. I just assumed I must have had a plenty of those. I never actually had a one night stand because mine were always, even if I met the guy that night at a bar and had sex with him that night, I ended up dating him or having a relationship. Mm-hmm. Even the guys I'd meet on the road traveling, I'd fly them out to LA to stay with me. So mine was always around a relationship. It was mm-hmm. never just purely sex. Trying to have those babies. No, I was not ever trying to have babies. But, but they then. do. They do. <laughs> I want Honestly, ideally, I was like, if I could have a baby at 50, once my looks are, no, you know, <laughs> once I, but, but but that, I don't know, not that they go, women, you know, my fiance's 51 and he looks great. Women sort of back <laughs> back into sex addiction through love addiction, though, Mary Ellen. They, yes, They, they, no. they kind of come agree. to it that way. And so, All right, no. we've got to wrap everything up. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, we do. It, it's wow. we've it's like a, lot a of time breath of fast. fresh air that it, comes in. you gotta, <laughs> you got to become, you got to get in our fields. you got to stay sober. Well, I'm you going back to go college, to school, so my fiance, yeah. my fiance wants me to pretty much end the appearances I have lined up, and then because he went, you know, when he went back to college, he didn't even go to medical school till he was like early 30s. You know, Whoa, he didn't even, problem. yeah, he had dropped Is that out of college. college? That, no, it, it does happen quite a bit. Yeah, wow. he was. He went back to college around 27 after having dropped out. Particularly around and, his age, they liked that. The, when the yeah. medical schools liked people that had other life experiences mm-hmm. coming into medicine. But he's inspired mm-hmm. me because you know I already have a degree in theater, so why not? I'm I did a lot of psychology classes originally. I was just going to go for my KDAC, which is a one-year course to be yeah. drug and alcohol. No, go back to school. But I'm just going to go back to it'll probably be with two years I have all my core curriculum and go to Cal State Northridge and then I can do psychology and try to great. really... Oh, no, so, I think this is an excellent avenue for you. I, was, I, I thought I was too old to go back to school and then he was just very supportive of that. Were you in treatment so. with... Um Jenny Flame, Jenny Ketchum. No, no I know, I know her from. So, so you know. she got a social work degree. Uh, you know, that's a KDAC thing. 
No, no, no. She's she went to graduate degree. school. That's like brilliant. Me, look at me, diminished. Like that's brilliant. No, because I, 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 no, I hating on her. I like so. I like social workers more than MFTs. So I, I like it takes social. more. It takes. more. I just love psychology. So well, she, much. she's she's a therapist now. Oh that's wow, so yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, t- you didn't get to talk to her, did you? No, no, I haven't spoken to her. Oh my god, it'll blow your mind. Great, that people are going back to school and getting education. And she's married as a kid now. That's so wonderful. I'm having twins. That's so wonderful. No, we are. We're gonna do. IVF. Oh, you're going to make sure you have twins. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we you don't got to be careful what you wish for. No, I know. No, I know. Well, because, I, you know, because he's 51. What if you so got don't wanna, four? What if you got four? We're just going to put in two, but, you know, because he's 51, so he doesn't want to wait, you know, too, too long. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't want to be like 75 when the kids graduate high school. I do. But, <laughs> oh, that's true. You had a kid right, later. I just gonna, keep putting my foot in my mouth. Here. We're gonna, I'm like, over oh, 50s, your looks fade. He doesn't want to be 75. I know. Take it easy. <laughs> we're going to wrap this up. Is there any, anything else? you want to say Mary before any, anything can everyone sleep? here come to my wedding well, I don't know you but <laughs> you can come Nate. to the wedding too Nate the man it's July the 7th board. oh we have to go to the wedding where um I mean, don't tell specific. At Promises Malibu, no, Honestly, I wanted to get married there, but he... <laughs> I told Promises... You nailed that. I told Promises I wanted to get married there. At the but, upper house? At the upper um, house, right? Yeah, I just thought... They do have a beautiful house but, there that you could get married I at. Uh-huh. I forgot the, What's the name of the... I should know the name of the place. So, but we have the location booked. It's in Los Angeles. Okay, so. it's here. All right. Yeah, I'll go. give you guys... All you right, guys all have to come. We'll it's in Maui. And it's going to no. be a... It's a dry wedding. Good. I'm we'll pretty sure. I mean, you know, he he thinks his physician friends aren't going to be happy with the no alcohol there, but Too bad. it's only an evening. Yeah, yeah they yeah. go somewhere it's else afterwards. Evening. Yeah, Jesus. we'll see if he sticks to that. Get a little flask and come on in. <laughs> Thank right. See you later. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. Share this show. Share the show. Like us on Facebook. <laughs> subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, don't forget our YouTube fa- t- channel as well. YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, one more thing, check us out on uh, the KBC 790 Midday Live talk really radio good. show, Monday through Friday, noon to three. Also, there's a podcast of that. My new co-host is Lauren Savant. We are together every day. And you can tune in on the internet at kbc.com. And if you missed it, we make it simple for you to find the shows in podcast form at doctor.com. Next to all the podcasts we offer there, the Playroom Pods. You guys, thank you so much. And we'll see you. I you. love you, Dr. Drew. Bye I love you too, Bob. Love, love you. We'll see you all next time. Hey, we are very excited to welcome our friends at Bergamot. That's a brand that made a significant impact on me. They make a variety of supplements. They use extract from the Bergamot citrus fruit. They act as a natural statin and can improve a number of cardiovascular parameters, uh, things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, insulin resistance, all the metabolic syndrome stuff. Now the makers also bring you Bergamot Sport that provides all the same benefits with additional additives designed to help athletes and those with an active lifestyle. Bergamot Sport may help improve stamina as well as reduce recovery time as well as muscle inflammation. I've used the product myself. I've recommended it to patients, and Susan uses it. My wife, Susan, you've been using the Bergafem for over a year, so what do you think about it? After I reached 45, things started changing. Changes in libido, energy, and metabolism. What? And no way. Then there are hot flashes that you know about, right, Jim? Yes. My doctor you prescribed too. bioidentical pellets every four months, and then I got hot flashes, felt fatigued at the end of my cycle. Bergafem fixed all of that for me. I took it for a year and ran out, and the hot flashes came back, and a little weight gain in my waist as well. So I'm taking one tablet a day to keep the libido strong, sleeping better, and I also notice a loss of abdominal fat, honey. Ooh, you're perfect. <laughs> Is that the right <laughs> response for husbands? So try Bergamet Sport for yourself. Visit bergamet.com for all the products that may be right for you. That's B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T, bergamet.com. Or click the Bergamet banner at drdrew.com. And for a limited time, our listeners save an additional 10% on their order by entering the code DRDREW. That's just Dr. Drew at checkout. All one word, D-R-D-R-E-W. 
to learn more about Bergafem, please visit bergamet.com today. I yep. love it. Yeah, you do. You've been using it right along, and it's worked. Well, we're so pleased to have Hydrolyte back. Hydrolyte is something that we and my family use just about every day, and it is simply the best oral rehydration product I have ever seen. And there are many reasons you should keep some around. I got the flu. I relied on Hydrolyte because I knew it would rehydrate me the way an IV fluid would. We all have heard about the flus and the diarrheas, and they all knock you out. Staying well hydrated is critical to getting over these conditions. Even if you manage to avoid getting infected, your schedule is half as busy as mine. Getting eight glasses of water a day isn't likely to happen. And you don't need it if you've got the proper hydration product, Hydrolyte. That is the beauty. Whether you're sick or not, you can absolutely benefit from proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water. Hydrolyte does this better than a sports drink or water alone. That's right, better. It comes in great flavors like orange, berry, lemonade. It's available in a pre-mixed powder. My personal preference is a little effervescent tablets. You can simply drop in a bottle of water or a glass of water, and you're done. You got it, and you are rehydrated. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. I know. Don't buy into the hype of the brand. Use Hydrolyte. It's a better product. I'm telling you, I had intended to invent it. They got there first, so I'm all behind them. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. Order Hydrolyte today at hydrolyte.com slash drdrew. That is hydrolyte.com slash drdrew. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 30% on Hydrolyte. We actually buy in bulk in our family, so we're going to click through. Believe me, just click the banner on my site and use the code drdrew18. That is drdrew18. Remember, you can find all these podcasts at drdrew.com. The Dr. Drew podcast, the This Life podcast, and the Adam and Drew podcast, which is available five days a week. Find them all on iTunes and rate us five stars. Subscribe and get it first. And if you're really happy, click on the Amazon banner at drdrew.com to help support the show. We'll thank you for it. If you join the email list via drdrew.com slash contact, we'll send you a weekly infusion newsletter with Dr. Drew's News. We're so grateful when you get in touch. We read all your emails and we'll bring you the subject matter you want to hear about. You live.